Well, it's turning into a brutal duel to the finish line on September the 5th in the race to become the next UK Prime Minister. The question is, does this race tell us much about the modern union or not? Vying for the Tory leadership is Foreign Secretary Liz Truss. She's positioning herself as the continuity candidate, having never resigned from Boris Johnson's ministry, and she's modelling her image on the Iron Lady herself, Maggie Thatcher. In the other corner, the suave, polished former Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, he's a very interesting star of modern British politics, and we'll hear why in a moment. Just weeks ago, he was viewed as the favourite to win the race, but he's now trailing trusts in polls of the Conservative Party members who get to elect the next leader. Yes, it's intriguing that the whole UK population awaits breathlessly the name of their new leader, determined by 175,000 Tory members. I'm pleased to welcome back to the program for his always perceptive analysis, former Tory MP and long-time contributor to RN, Matthew Paris. Hello there. Hello, hello. Do you think that this sort of epic drama does tell us a lot about modern England and UK or not? (laughs) Well, not really. And in a way, the key to that is uh, in what you said at the end, it's the 175,000. We don't actually know how many. Nobody knows how many. Well, perhaps the Conservative Party knows, but it's a secret. And it could be anything, really, between about 120 and 200,000. And it is they who are choosing their leader. They are not, in a sense, choosing the Prime Minister, but whoever is their leader will become the Prime Minister. And so the whole thing, the whole battle is pitched towards this slightly shadowy group of people, some of whom, many of whom actually don't even do the internet, and many of whom don't answer their phones and whose names we, we don't know. And even the polling of the, the so-called membership of the Conservative Party is a little bit mysterious because it, you, you can't actually establish whether anyone is or isn't a member. And, and yet the polling has led quite a lot of the battle. But the whole thing is pitched towards a certain kind of typical Tory uh, who actually joins the party and pays their subscriptions. And they're not necessarily representatives of the rest of the country. Oh, well, I mean, they're not, are they? I think you can say, I mean, they're largely white, are they not? That which we know. Um, And you've got a very multicultural country. Uh, I mean, it, it, it honestly seems vaguely absurd to an Australian eye that this is the case. Well, it is absurd. It's, it's, it's more than vaguely uh, absurd. No, they're not representative, um, not just in terms of colour, but the, the most important thing, I think, would be class and, and financial status. M- most are retired. Most are reasonably well off. Most would do well, for instance, out of tax cuts and are not especially interested in welfare benefits. But we're going into a, a period where household prices are going to be going crazy, particularly on energy. And lots of younger families and people on lower incomes are really just worrying about how they're going to pay their bills. A lot of Tory members are not worrying about that, which is one of the reasons why Liz Truss has done rather better than expected. She just keeps talking about tax cuts. The rest of the country, much of it, are not interested at the moment in tax cuts. They have more pressing worries on their minds. But the party membership like the tax cut talk. Uh, Rishi Sunak, curiously, because he's really quite a right of centre, mm. old-fashioned, uh, fiscal, Market man, good isn't it? House- housekeeping kind of servitive. But, but, but he, is, uh, he has 
had, had it, as it were, to go on to the other tack and start talking about the rest of the country and how we can help them, which is a good thing. A third, allegedly, have already voted. Do you believe that? I don't think anybody knows. Uh, again, the, the, the sample that the pollsters have, we, we don't know how representative the sample is of, of actual Conservative members. I hope they haven't, because the whole point of this this contest, and, you know, the, the, the two would-be leaders are going around the country holding huge hustings everywhere. The whole point is is to help the the final voters, the Conservative Party members, make up their minds. So they shouldn't make up their minds yet. I doubt if it's as many as a third. Mm, I suppose that's the other thing, you know, there's a humour around this or sort of, but but maybe they are sitting back there for all we know, uh, very charged with the weight of what they, of their decision, listening very carefully. Uh, I, I mean, it's possible that they're taking it incredibly seriously and thinking of the broader uh, country, isn't it? Uh, they are taking it uh, seriously, and I think they are very conscious of the weight on their shoulders. And I would go further than that. Quite a few Conservative voters, uh, Conservative members I've spoken to, don't really think it is they who should be taking the decision at the moment. They're very conscious of not, not knowing enough about it all, and, and that they have uh, selected a parliamentary candidate who has become their Member of Parliament in many cases, and they would have assumed that it would be the Members of Parliament who would be choosing. So they, they have had, to, to a degree, they're having this thrust upon them. And, and just explain, is that a convention, is it, Matthew, that uh, the members get the vote? Uh, presuming it's not about being Prime Minister, it's about being leader of the party. It is, and it's actually, it, people say it's a convention, but it's relatively recent. Up until about 40 or 50 years ago, even the Conservative MPs didn't choose their leader. It, it was chosen by consensus from the, the seniors of the party, and there was no definition of who the senior people really were or, 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 or what the consensus was, and the leader just sort of emerged then they changed the system where you had a democratic vote amongst the members of the party, the, the Conservative MPs. Then they changed the system again. Uh, uh, and the system now is the Conservative MPs come up with a short list of two and they put place that short list before the membership of the country. But this has only been going on for about, oh, I think it's 15 or 16 years. And it's not clear to me that it's working or that it commands widespread assent. Mm. Is race or gender a factor, in your view, as a decider? There will be, in a certain section of the Conservative Party membership, a bit of rumbling about uh, a man of Asian ancestry uh, becoming leader of the party, but I don't think it's very significant anymore. And I think there will equally be a, a, a section of the Conservative membership that, that feel rather proud that we, we've had as our Chancellor of the the exchequer and might have as our prime minister as such a man there's no longer any objection at all to 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 having a woman as leader that that all faded in the early years of margaret thatcher's government so liz truss is under no disadvantage uh, through through her gender mm. and um this issue around um, economic management of the country, uh, how much is that being debated like that? that it's a very strong uh, difference, isn't it? She's talking about tax cuts. He's saying they're irresponsible at the moment. Um, yeah. So it's, a, it's very different rhetoric. Uh, I just wonder 
I mean, it does say, I suppose, a lot about the UK at the moment, how they're receiving that rhetoric, particularly in the wake of Brexit. The rhetoric is very different. That The realities of their underlying positions um, are fairly far apart. They're, they're converging a little bit. But basically, Liz Truss believes that it's all about economic growth. She's going to get economic growth. She's going to get economic growth by, by cutting taxes, by removing EU regulation that we don't need to abide by any longer, and by, as she keeps putting it, releasing the, 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 the energetic spirits of the uh, British entrepreneurial character. Once we've got growth, growth, uh, she argues, then the money will start coming in again and then we'll be able to get the taxes to pay for stuff that we want. R Rishi Sunak is more cautious, doesn't believe that just by cutting taxes you're going to get growth and doesn't believe that you should increase spending uh, by borrowing uh, but, uh, uh, until the, the economy is on a more even keel. So he, he's the much more the, the more mm. cautious of the two. Yeah, and he's a fascinating character, isn't he? Just tell us a little more about him, please. Well, uh, he, he's generally spoken of as immensely rich, and he is now immensely rich, but his origins are not particularly rich. His, his parents, uh, his father was a GP, a general practitioner, doctor, and his uh, father and mother together ran a chemist's shop in Portsmouth, where, where he comes from. He w w didn't quite get a, a scholarship to go to Winchester College, which is, of all our public schools, when I say public schools, I mean private mm, schools, mm, that's mm. so English. Um, the, of all our public schools, Winchester is the most intelligent. It, it, it's regarded as, as, as the place for really brainy kids, boys. And he, he, he went to Winchester. His parents scraped together the money to send him there. Uh, he came out of Winchester, went on to Oxford, did very well, uh, made quite a lot of money in finance himself. Uh, he w was spent quite a bit of time uh, over in California and then came back and married one of the wealthiest women in the world. Um, Shatka, uh, Shatka uh, Murti is, is her name and she comes from an extremely wealthy, mm. uh, incredibly wealthy Indian family. So, so they are now both very wealthy indeed. And the parents came from uh, East Africa, didn't they? They migrated, I think, in about 1960 or something like that. Um, they did, yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a, there was a the great many Asian people in East Africa at that time sent over in colonial days to work on the railways who rose into a sort of class of middle managers and, and clerks and then were driven out uh, by one or two African dictators, particularly in Uganda, and, yeah. and were allowed, as it were, given refuge back in Britain. Um, Tim Bale is a professor of politics at Queen Mary University of London, and he had this very interesting uh, quote. He is, Rishi Sunak, in the end, perhaps just too shiny for the party membership. Um, although, uh, the other thing is, he was one of the, I think he really led that last exit uh, out of uh, Boris Johnson's cabinet and said, I can't sit here any longer. And the question is whether Tory values really will uh, punish that, seeing it as disloyalty, whereas Liz Truss stayed in and she's made quite a point of this. So again, <laughs> the ghost of Boris Johnson sits there. Are either of them talking about having him in their cabinet, by the way? Should they win? Uh, both of them have said they would be prepared to work in cabinet with, with the other one, but nobody can see how they could because mm. they've each accused each other of, of virtually 
immoral plans for the economy. Uh, she's called him a doomster. He's, he's called her a sort of fantasist. And uh, I, I don't think I don't think Rishi Sunak would would sit in a trust cabinet, and I, I don't think she would uh, offer him any the position that he wanted. Uh, so, but what about Boris? Would they offer it to Boris? Would he to sit in there? No, no, no. Um, privately, everybody, everybody senior in the Conservative Party, or most people senior in the party think that Boris messed up pretty badly. Publicly, they won't say it, and and for this reason the Tory membership is very loyal, rather old-fashioned and always loyal to whoever the leader is. And when the leader is removed, there's always a lot of unhappiness about it. There was mm. about Margaret Thatcher mm. challenging Ted Heath and there has been True. about the, the challenge to Boris. Uh, was foreign policy, is foreign policy playing a role at all? No, not, not, not at all. Uh, they're both talking tough on China, which is what you have to do uh, these days. Uh, they're both talking tough on Ukraine, which is what you have to do these days. And no discernible difference between the two of them has emerged. In your view, because I think you have a vote, do you not? You're a member? Uh, no, I'm no longer a member. Oh, I resigned no. my membership a couple of years ago. I wish I hadn't now. <laughs> <laughs> In your view, who would be a better Prime Minister, given that I think it's two and a half years till the next election, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Liz Truss is crackers. She's absolutely bonkers. Her, 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 her ideas what are just really off, think? off the scale. <laughs> If we had to trust premiership, it would all be spent with people trying to talk her out of the various things she said <laughs> she's going to do. I mean, she she actually seemed to be against welfare benefits at one point, oh. saying they were handouts, and she just preferred to cut taxes. So, so no, it would would be Rishi Sunak. He's uh, he's sensible. He's the grown up in in the room. He he understands things. He understands figures. He has his defects, though. He is a bit shiny. He is a bit sort of PR polished and there is a feeling sometimes with him and he kind of confessed to it himself that he drills down well into the detail of everything but isn't always very good at standing back and looking at the wood rather than the trees. So that n neither of them are perfect. My goodness. <laughs> Leadership is a very interesting topic, isn't it, yes. around the Western world yeah. these days. <laughs> All right. Look, thank you as usual, Matthew. There's a wonderful overview. Thank you very much for being with us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Matthew Paris, uh, a former Tory MP, though no longer a member. And I think I now remember that he did actually tell us that a couple of years back when he resigned. Up next, support for greater sanctions against the Taliban. Uh, what are the implications of that as we mark one year since the Afghanistan withdrawal?